1: WGR
0: Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports.
2: Now, here's your host, Tony Calagiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems
3: faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Calagiri, along with Frank Wolf from Western New York athletics and the 300 level roger weiss is here and our pal dick gallagher in studio we are going to preview the upcoming season starting today and next week today we're going to take a look at monsignor martin some uh, independents class d and class c next week we'll go uh, beyond up a lot to get into good morning guys good morning morning y'all thank you Raj. Good to see you,
2: Dick, as always. Thanks for having me back.
3: Oh, it's always a pleasure. It seems like just yesterday you were here and we were previewing the 2016 season.
2: In our age, time flies quickly.
3: Yeah, it is. It's going by real fast. News and notes before we get into the previews. Uh, We have a fundraiser today, Little League Football. We are going to be at the North Tonawanda Walmart at 1 o'clock. If you want to come on by, uh, I'll be out there with Nick and the team uh, raising some money and tomorrow, my, guys, I have to admit, I'm at total butterflies right now. Tomorrow's our first game. We are home against Grand Island. The Junior Vikings are coming to visit us at our field at Buffalo Avenue and 76th Street, 1 o'clock kickoff. And I haven't called a defensive game in, I don't know, 15, 17 years. I'm nervous. (laughs) I have to admit, I am really nervous. I was telling uh, one of my friends, he's like, you know, that Christmas, you know, at Christmas time, you open up that toy and you can't wait to play with it and see what it's going to be like. And I guess that's kind of how I feel right now. You'll do fine. I hope so. (laughs) I really do. You know, thanks to the weather, we haven't had much time to, uh, to work together as a unit. We had three practices wiped out because of lightning. You know, we started late to begin with. So this is going to be an adventure, but I'm looking forward to it. It's Enjoy be a lot the of fun. journey. I will, and I'm well. actually announcing the first game at 9 a.m. When our rattlesnakes uh, play. Watching the little guys, the you know the six, seven, and eight year olds. That's funny. <laughs> That's some funny football. You know, little legs. You know, and there they go. So we're gonna have fun tomorrow. If You uh, not doing anything? You want to watch some football? Come out. Come on by. It's behind uh, LaSalle Preparatory School, Buffalo Avenue, and 76.
4: If you didn't have that many practices, wouldn't the defense be ahead of the offense? Isn't that how that works? Uh, yeah, but we've
3: worked on offense more than we've uh, worked on defense, only because you know offense has more plays. You know, you have to learn something. Well, I know,
4: but I assume when you said you lost practices because of lightning, that neither offense nor defense practice. So I would think defense might slight advantage by less practices.
3: Well, we'll we'll see how they look. I, you know, I, I I think they'll be I think they'll be okay. Well. I'm just nervous. I won't sleep tonight. I guarantee you that. All right. Uh, news and notes. Frank Wolf.
1: Yes, Tony. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, Mount St. Mary's is having a car show uh, in Kenmore today. If you can get out there and enjoy, look, they have uh, food trucks there. You like old, fancy cars. Yeah, Head baby. On down to Mount St. Mary's this afternoon if you got a few, uh, few seconds to spare there.
3: What time does that start?
1: It's all day. All day? Actually, okay. all day. I think it's going to like either 6 or 7 o'clock, but that's on Delaware Avenue uh, in Kenmore. Will North Cross Country, right now they're out there washing cars um, at the high school. If you get a second, if you need a wash, I know I need one terribly, so after the show I'm going to head over there. Will North, uh, the Cross Country team, could use your support. Of course, Tony, your uh, thing at North Tonawanda. Yeah, 1 o'clock here. at Walmart, we'll be there. WNY Athletics, there's a donation.
3: Oh, you didn't have to do boys. that, Frank. That's for your boys. Thank you. My helmet. <laughs> for you, you need a I helmet. I need one. <laughs> the way you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't bash my head against the wall. Thank you, Frank. Yep. I really appreciate and that. i got to give a shout-out
1: to Battistone Diesel, um, a lot of former first and second team, all Western New York baseball players. They won their second NABF World Series last weekend up in Battle Creek, Michigan. The World Series was played between two Buffalo teams. It's never been done before. So I went out there with my dad and my uncles and watched uh, my brother coaches and runs the Diesel organization. The team they were playing was coached by an assistant from St. Joe's, uh I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. Uh, Benny Serrano, former, uh, just graduated last year. Um, he, he was a stud for the entire World Series. I believe he was named second team. Um, so, I mean, they had an incredible weekend out there in Battle Creek, and, and the diesel actually has an automatic bid next year, so there's a good chance more than one team from Western New York will be out there again. And it was a fun tournament, a nice old-school ballpark. The hot dogs, though, were no good. Uh, they were bad. I they ball, weren't sailing. I told them that. They were bad. Uh, beer was cold, though, so that's good. And then another, my last shout-out is just to all those kids that are leaving us, uh, the class of 2017, some are on the road now, some left last week, some are leaving today, tomorrow, and next weekend to continue their pursuit of uh, their athletic dreams. Uh, congratulations to all those kids. Thanks for the wonderful memories. But they're on their way to college, Ohio State. That Lally kid's going to try and walk onto the lacrosse team. Took a scholarship uh, for um, academics, and he's probably going to walk onto that lacrosse team at Ohio State. So, I'm excited for that, kid. Of course, don't we have a kicker going there, too? Yeah, Cabrio.
3: Yeah, yeah, There you go. Yeah. So, Well, speaking, I, I know how much uh, you like uh, Little League Baseball. The uh, shout-out to Cayuga Heat 11-under, uh, Sean Watson with two triples, I believe, to lead them over a team visiting from Australia. Wow. So pretty cool there. Uh and Sean Watson is uh he's a good kid until I play him later on in football <laughs> when he's uh quarterback for Niagara Wheatfield then. Sorry, Sean.
4: <laughs> Go ahead, Raj. Yeah, also uh and I always get these two mixed up, but Maddie Pizzino from Grand Island and uh Marissa Brazon from Williamsville East. They are both going to D1 soccer programs, and I can never never remember which is which, but one is going to Florida State, I believe, and the other one's going to Ohio State. Burzon is Ohio State. Berzon is going to Ohio yep. State. So. Not too shabby. Yeah, and Matty Pizzino's going down, I believe, Florida State to play uh, soccer. And uh, that's not too shabby at all. No. So good luck to them. Uh, we I mentioned Blake Halbio from Canisius is going to be a place kicker at Ohio State.
3: I won't hold that against him.
4: No, I didn't think you would, Anthony. Except
3: for one Saturday uh,
4: this year. Okay, where are they playing, <laughs> at the big house or at Ohio State this year? I'm not sure. Where did they play last year?
3: I'm too aggravated from that game last year. <laughs>
4: I've blocked that out of my mind. Okay. Well, that game never happened. At least the Red Sox won last night, so that makes you feel a little better, right? Yeah, it
3: does. <laughs>
4: nice shirt, jacket.
3: There for Dick. those listening in
4: here, we have two Red Sox fans in three. studio at the same time. Three, three. Okay, and I'm well, actually three and two thirds. Yeah, because you're Reds. Because I'm two thirds of a Red Sox. R E D S. So,
2: well, I have the advantage of being born in the Bronx, a mile away from the New- from the Yankee Stadium. And then winding up when I was 12 to 17 living in Boston and my best friend was father was ticket manager for the Red Sox and we would get out of school at 2:30 take the trolley get to the Fenway spend an hour and a half never had to pay for anything and uh, I'm a true Red Sox fan.
3: Oh that's outstanding. <laughs> That is outstanding. The games that you had to have seen. Uh, oh, you know, some of the players. The players, too, yeah. You know,
2: when you look at Ted Williams, you look at Jimmy Pearsall, you look at Willie Mays having a throwing contest against uh, Jimmy Sandy Pears. Beach he told saw. me about that because he, he attended. So
3: I've heard about that. Absolutely amazing. He was throwing darts. Wow.
4: You mentioned Jimmy Pearsall. I think he just passed away recently. a few weeks ago. Jimmy Pearsall, (laughs) center fielder for the Red Sox. Pretty good player in his own right. Only problem is he had Ted Williams to the right of him and Jackie Jensen to the left of him, so he would be third on the totem pole in that outfield. What an outfield that was. Ted Williams, Jackie Jensen, Jimmy Pearsall. All right, let's go real
3: quickly to... Bob Carnavelli, who wants to give us an update on the Under-21 National Tournament. Good morning, Bob.
5: Good morning, guys. How are you?
3: We're doing great. Uh, what have you got for us, pal?
5: Well, I just wanted a shout-out. We're talking about uh, baseball in Western New York and the Diesel and uh, uh, Orville's team were fantastic. In fact, my Royal Printing team uh, in the ABA Champions, we went to Johnstown, PA for the National Tournament and Didn't do as well as uh, Diesel did, but uh, we made it to the quarterfinals. And, in fact, uh, two of Diesel's uh, best players are two of the best players to ever play for the Royals, Mike Wagner and Kevin Hughes. And uh, I had a couple of my young men who drove very quickly from Johnstown, PA, to uh, Michigan for the tournament, uh, Joe Barbario and uh, Jacob Victor. And uh, so I just wanted to shout out uh, congratulations to uh, Paul Wolf and Diesel and also uh, Guntui and uh, Orvilles. Baseball in Western New York is pretty much as strong as ever uh, on the high levels. Beautiful. You can see with winning a national championship, and we made it to the quarterfinals against teams, from, for example, New Orleans, Chicago, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Baltimore, New York City, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, so baseball is, uh, is doing very well and on my team, uh, which is a uh, 21 and under where the, the, uh, the other tournament is, I mean, you could have 35 year old players playing with 18 year olds, which is great, uh, for their experience. But ours is a uh, 21U and, uh, the AAABA's been around uh, Royal Printing with uh, Toby. We've we've won three out of the last four and been very fortunate to represent Buffalo in Johnstown.
3: That's outstanding stuff. Hey Bob, congratulations to your team and to uh, obviously to Paul's team and just uh, job well done. And we'll talk to you soon, Mr. Carnavalli.
5: good seeing
2: you.
3: Good, to, good talking to you too, Bob Carnivelli. All right, uh, Mike Farentino says the game's at the Big House this year, Raj. So thank you, Mike. There's only one team we watch in my house. What's Notre-, it? Notre Dame. Who? That's it. I've never heard of them.
4: Hey, that's my main man. All right. <laughs> cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. All
3: right. I got to go to another caller here. Dennis <laughs> Evans. Is this the Dennis Evans? It's the one and only. Have- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm doing great, Dennis. So good to hear from you.
5: Yeah, I, I you know, I listen to your show every Saturday, you know, it's like and uh I, I heard you say earlier that you were about you were being you were afraid about tomorrow's game.
3: Well here's the here's the deal, Dennis. I'm now coaching up uh, as I have older kids. If you remember back in the day I was uh I was an eight, nine and ten year old. Now I have right. ten, eleven and twelve. Uh so it's a little bit uh a little bit different. I can't go with the uh Oh, God, simple, basic defense that I put in uh, back in my days at Black Rock Riverside in North Buffalo. So I had to learn a new defense, and it has been a long time since I called plays in a game. So and in throwing the fact that we haven't had much time to prepare, that's why I'm, I'm nervous, is the uh, unexpected, not knowing what's going to happen.
5: Yeah, I just wanted to call you, and I wanted to wish you luck for tomorrow, so... You know, and and you'll do fine.
3: Thank I, you, Dennis.
5: Your uh, character and how you were, and how you worked with the kids, and I'm um, I'm positive you just you'll do fine.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Say hello to Jeff Semansky for me, will you, please?
5: I, I sure will.
3: All right, Dennis. Good to talk to you, my friend. Okay, All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Dennis Evans, he used to uh conduct the um when we would get certified for coaching, Dennis taught the course. Uh he's longtime Lackawanna Little Loop uh coach and involved with their organizations for for many, many years and uh just a great guy. He's good friends with uh the guys that coached me in little league, so that's uh, that's how far back we go. But uh, thanks to Dennis for calling in. Let's get into talk of football, guys. And high school football is upon us. They're already practicing. Next Saturday is scrimmage Saturday, and then the following week uh, the season starts. So let's get a look at Monsignor Martin and Independence First, Dick. And man, who better to talk high school football than with Dick Gallagher? It it doesn't get any better than that. Let's uh, let's have at Take a look at Monsignor Martin.
2: Well, I think the one um, high school we need to talk about first is time in St. Jude related to what transpired with the resignation of Charlie Comerford as athletic director and coach, and then Joe Licato coming in as coach and athletic director, which to me is a good move for the Tigers. And I think one of the things that Joe and the people who have been helping him was able to do was revise their schedule. So they're not playing Georgia uh, Ohio, Texas. They're not playing, my understand Aquinas and uh, Cathedral Prep. And they're playing, uh, opening up with St. Mary's as Bishop Kearney. They're playing Oil City. But they're p- going to be able to play teams that they're competitive in, uh, barring the other three schools and the Monsignor Martin. That will be difficult. And if you take a look at timing, the biggest thing is the three studs that are all probably going to be all worse than New York All-State this year. Matt Myers, quarterback, transferred West Seneca West. Justin Johnson transferred from Tymon to West Seneca West. And Jeremiah Sanders went back to South Park. And Jeremiah's one of the premier linemen, I don't, I don't think just in the state, but in the country. And that changes the whole dynamics for the Tigers. What I understand, they have 24, 26 that showed up for the practice this week. And that's that bodes well. Yes, what? considering that there was doubt whether they'd even be able to have field a team. Right, and then we'll see. But I think the most important date is the first day of Timon when they're going to be actually being able to see how many freshmen actually enroll at Timon, which will give you a good indicator as far as what's going to go on, not only with sports, but with the future of that school.
3: Now, there was talk of, and you know, I know we, you and I addressed this off the air, but our audience wasn't privy to that conversation, the talk of Nichols, Niagara Catholic, joining uh, Bishop Timon, but you said that uh, Nichols put the kibosh on that.
2: But, yeah, I think there were some discussions on that, but it never materialized to okay. the point where they were getting into negotiations or anything else. It, was, it, was, it would have been good for both Nichols and uh, Tymon because of increasing the depth. But it is what it is, and they'll just go alone. And with a revised schedule, I think they'll be—you know—they'll be competitive.
3: So, is, will Niagara Catholic still be partnered up with Nichols?
2: Yeah, but that's really under the radar screen, and it's not. What even, they
3: maybe get one <laughs> or two kids.
2: might. It, it, it. I've I've never seen anything like the other merged schools, which has hyphen like Nichols uh, slash uh, Niagara Catholic. So my understanding was that Nichols was having problems with numbers, and I don't know what the numbers are right now, but I don't even have their schedule. I don't have any key players for them this year, and Colin Brinson is no longer head coach. Bob Mullen took over last year, so we'll see where it goes.
1: I'm told that Timon did accept another school or has kids coming in from the park school. I don't know how many kids they've got, but I, I have heard, and unfortunately have not been able to confirm this, but I have a reliable source that tells me Park and Tymon are teaming up to form a football team, or Tymon should be getting players from Park. I don't know how true that is, but you we're know, working on it.
2: And that. And that could be, and then again, that would be adding to the depth, and some of those kids from Park might have played Little League football, and I have no idea if they're coming in as freshmen, helping out, or if they're actually juniors and seniors that, you know, have some experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, but uh, Monsignor Martin definitely can't afford to lose Timon, I don't believe.
2: Oh, no, no, no. And I don't think when you take a look at the impact that has in all the, so this transition has had in South Buffalo, that sometimes you got to go through adversity to get to the pleasure. And I think that that, that with uh, the appointment of Joe Licata and all the support that he has and the connections that, that bodes well for Timon, and i think that they they're going to get into much doing a lot more related to recruiting of students and marketing the school etc so well like
3: you said that's the key is getting students into the building yep you know it's one thing yeah i want to play football but you have to get in and, you know, in ten classes as well, uh, but I think it's a great hire with Joe Licata. You, you know, you look at the name recognition, uh, what he's done. Uh, you know, from his time at Williamsville South to uh, UB, uh, he's well liked within, well respected within the the community, and I think that's a real good positive uh, move for Right, time and,
2: in- and what it did was, it was given all the adversity that was going on and all the chirping it gave instant credibility back to time and back to the football program because Joe's a class act. He's got his dad who has gone through that whole scenario related to coaching and one, you know, athletic director and being principal, etc.
3: We asked uh, Joey if there's any chance that he would schedule Will South or Star Point in the near future and he said you never know. <laughs> well his dad being the principal at at Star Point and of course his connections uh, at Will South.
2: Well I think that this year there's not there's there's thirteen games that the Monsignor Martin are playing with Rochester teams. They're playing zero games with Section Six teams. And then if you look at it next year, will Williams will south and time and play with Craig Krasinski coaching and Joe Licata coaching? In a heartbeat they'll be playing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that will put people in the seats
4: guaranteed.
2: Matter of fact you might want to
4: find
3: a bigger venue.
2: And, and
4: one of his assistant coaches, by the way. And I mean word of years ago, but uh trench trophy finalist TJ Skemura is one of his uh line coaches. I didn't know that. Yep, I saw that uh I had heard rumblings of that and uh What time in or Will South? For we, no for Joey Licata. We'll, oh for Joey. Okay, yeah, he's one of Joey Licata's assistants there. Wow. And it is confirmed they had a channel four, I believe, went to the time in practice uh, earlier this week and it's either a clone of TJ or it's TJ there. Uh, no, you it's, know. it's it's,
2: he, it's tomorrow,
4: so uh yeah, but I mean where did the years go? I mean you know what? TJ's what, maybe five years out of Will South and he's there, Joey's Wow. Let's go to Dave who wants to
3: comment on Nichols. You saying Nichols football and Christian Central are joining. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, how you doing? Uh my name is Dave Shaw. Hi, Dave. Me. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Just wanted—I was
5: listening to your show uh, while I'm moving to my new house, and uh, just wanted to give you some information so that you have the a- uh, so it's accurate.
3: Appreciate that. Thank you.
5: CCA has joined Nichols. We have 12 players from CCA, and Nichols, I believe, has 16 or 17, and Notre Catholic is also going to have a couple. So that's the team that we're forming.
3: Good. Well, that's great. I mean, you're going to have numbers there, and, and you're able to keep kids on the field and in and, uh, and playing. That's the main objective here. So I, I like that. And it sounds like you have some decent numbers.
5: Absolutely, and our kids are thrilled. This is the first year that CCA will have football, and we were really excited when Nichols approached us and offered us the opportunity uh, to join them. Bob Mullen, uh, great guy, great coach. We have a lot of uh, respect for him and a lot of faith in him, and I'm sure that... Uh, It's going to be a great season.
3: Cool. Hey, best of luck to you guys, Dave. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, uh, good luck with your move, uh, moving in. Uh, that's great. I mean, anytime you talk about, a program that, that's had low numbers in the past, that they're able to get an infusion of numbers, that's fantastic. The whole point is, is to keep kids playing football. That's what it's all about. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get back into Monsignor Martin preview. And then we have class D and C with Dick Gallagher. All that and more on Inside High School Sports. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Jerry, along with Frank Wolf from Western New York Athletics and the 300 level. You can see a lot of Frank's stuff on our Facebook page, or simply go to Western New York Athletics or 300 level. Roger Weiss and Dick Gallagher are here as well. We are previewing the upcoming season, and we are talking about my
4: senior Martin. Hey, I just want to mention, we were talking about time, and, and uh, Dick alluded to the fact they open up against St. Mary's. It's going to be an interesting game, because... St. Mary's last year played a varsity schedule with <laughs> with what amounted to a, J, a glorified JV team. I think they only had one senior and two juniors on that team a year ago, so they are going to be bad already, and I think that's going to be a good test for timing to
2: open St. up against. St. Mary's had 10 freshmen last year. so And, I mean, they, they, they were, got significant playing time. They were young, but they're, they're going to be much more competitive in C.J. Oselen's is running back for St. Mary's, only a sophomore. He's a stud. He's going to give him some offense.
3: Let's uh, I mean, we talked about uh, time and Canisius defending champions. Uh, are they just as loaded as they have been?
2: They're loaded, and what won, else is new? Okay, They've <laughs> won four of the last five titles, and if you take a look at how many all West new York kids, all-state kids that they've produced in the last five years, 54 and 14 and two state titles in the last six years, They're not too bad. The, Preeminent programs, not just in Western New York, but in the state. And this year, Kenyatta Huston is the fastest kid in Western New York. He's outstanding running back. He's back. Jace Johnson, who lit it up in the state championship game, 6'5, 190 quarterback. He's back. Paul Woods, wide receiver, just signed or committed to Rutgers. He's back. Keenan Olson, and Kadri's younger bro- brother. brother yep. He's a senior now, on both sides of the ball. They've got an outstanding line, particularly with Brad Curl, Will McGinnis, whose bench is three hundred and seventy-five pounds. And I think that week four, the game Canisius play playing St. Joe's will be one of the key games this this year. And uh, you never know in a rivalry, but right now you gotta look at the tough schedule that Canisius plays compared to the others. They play Pittsford, which is loaded, Bishop McDevitt, Bishop McDevin in Pennsylvania. Massillon, Ohio, that's got a tremendous uh, sure. history. The Aquinas and Cathedral Prep that won a state title last year and we've got 80% of the players back this year. So if Canisius can win another state championship and get to the point where they won another Monsignor Martin championship, it, the beat goes on. Rich Robbins and the coaches have done do an excellent job.
3: Yeah, they really do.
4: How did they end up playing St. Joe's so early? I mean, it's only week four. Isn't that usually like right in conjunction with rivalry week? Around it, usually maybe like a week after. September 23rd. I was stunned when I saw that. That's early, but maybe that's good. At least you don't have conflicts. You know, that might be the game of the week. Sure.
2: Yeah, and I think that when you take a look at St. Joe's, the key player, Casey Kelly, only a junior, outstanding athlete, excels. He's getting better uh, and better. Getting better and better. If he stays healthy... They they they've got a team that can dominate many games. Nick Julian is outstanding defensive lineman. Cole Gambino was a sophomore at Saint Francis. Six three three hundred started for the Red Raiders last year. He transfers to Saint Joe's. His dad coached at St. Francis last year. So something on went on with with that. Jaden Lofton is an outstanding player both ways. Cameron DeBell and if you look at their schedule, they play Archbishop Ryan in his first game in Pennsylvania and Cardinal Mooney from Ohio. So they'll be they'll be wow. much more competitive this year than last year.
3: Man, that's heavy duty.
2: Mm, Cardinal Mooney, you better believe it. What, well, they
3: have like 300 kids on their team? Yeah, They're they, ridiculous. You love,
2: you love some of these teams coming in. They have three buses. They have 65, 70 players on the sidelines. And some of our teams have 25, 30 but it is what it is. And yeah, the, they
4: bring 90 for a road game, and they travel from yeah. Ohio.
2: But the, the, bus after bus. In those areas of the country, it's a tr- tradition and it's a religion. Here, it's a football game. And St. Francis, uh, they've got their work cut out this year, particularly given— Key losses. Replacing Jerry Hickson, who was a four-year starter for them and now going to junior college in California. Dawson Tiger, a junior, takes over— at quarterback, and then Dylan McDuffie transferred back to, to Sweet Home. And Dylan's apparently got 10 scholarship offers. So it'll be interesting to see how he does with the Panthers. They've got some good players with Retson Daly, who's an outstanding wide receiver and defensive back. Malik Straker, who's lit it up at some of the football camps. Grayson Myers, Jed Delagola. And uh, I think the key is they play Cathedral Prep and McDowell, but they're going to have to, I think, get baptized a little in the opening games, and uh, we'll we'll see. But the interesting thing with St. Francis, Jerry Smith has coached a total of 288 games. That exceeds all the years in the coaching games of all the other five coaches in Monsignor Martin. So wow. He's, he's, one of the, he's one of the dinosaurs.
3: No, he's not that old. Sorry, Jerry. He's not insulting you.
4: Well, <laughs> you figured two hundred eighty-eight games, ten games a year. That comes out to about uh, you know twenty-nine years. He's doing this yeah. stuff.
3: Wow, he's been around the block a block a few times. Just became a grandfather.
2: And I, I way to go, Coach. You, yeah, and I mentioned St. Mary's and uh, CG Osilans, Matt uh, Suzekka, and J- Jimmy Miller. They do not play. St. Mary's do not play any of the Big Four. And Monsignor Martin, they play. Well, they do play Timon. They do play Simon. You said St.
4: Mary's. timing no. opens up against St. Mary's. I thought.
2: I don't know that that you know they could have changed that because the schedule sometimes you know changes. They play Batavia and Steubenville, which would be very competitive teams. And uh, O'Hara, Shaquille Dudley's in the second year. They got some good kids coming back, and Michon Dudley. And Stephen Boyd, uh, Michael Clark, they got a tough schedule though. They're playing all all four, plus Bishop Kearney, plus uh, Steubenville. So you got to give you got to give thanks and congratulations to Cardinal O'Hara, the athletic director and the coaching staff for willing to schedule the games. What kind of numbers are they uh,
3: are they uh, looking at now for
2: Cardinal O'Hara? Yeah. They've got thirty. Okay, that's good number. Bad. That's not bad. You know, and I looked at the rosters in the last three years and there's not many that there's only two or three that went under twenty. You know, It'll be interesting to see what what transpires this year because of all the hype related to concussions and the reduction. And I don't I didn't that I didn't see that in any of the three years. The biggest drop last year was Niagara Falls dropping sixteen kids from when they had what they had in two thousand fifteen. But which is
3: odd, because when you look at, at, at our league, you know, which is obviously a feeder program, uh, we have to turn kids away. We have so many. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at 35 on, on all of our rosters, except for our, our big team, which is, still has uh, more kids than they've ever had coming out. So I don't know. It, it, you know if, if they just don't want to play at Niagara Falls, they're going to, you know well, we've seen they're going to Canisius, and that's, well, that's where they're headed.
2: In the Williamsville Youth League, they used to have five teams in there. Now I think they have three and I think one of the teams that played in Williamsville last year that had all kids from Williamsville went to Clarence. I know all about it. We're not going to go there. (laughs) With the the, the politics and that. And we played Williamsville Army this year. But if you look at the three Williamsville schools, they've averaged about 38 kids on their team the last three years, and that's surprising.
3: All right, let's – if our independents go, we just had Nichols, that was it.
2: The only independent that I'm aware of is, is Nichols, and I've got no information whatsoever uh, <clears throat> from uh, the coaching staff, returning questionnaires related to it, because some of it centered around were they going to have a team or not, were they going to have enough players. Now with what they've done at Christian Central and getting a couple of players from Agar Catholic, that means that they'll have a uh, schedule a, a schedule. Or, but they'll also look at last year when they didn't win a game, and hopefully this year they'll be able to win a couple.
3: Sure, because if you get have some success on the field, you're going to get the student population interested. Yep. At least that's the way I look at it. All right, let's jump over to uh, Class D of Section 6.
2: Well, Section D, Class D is interesting. you got uh, nine teams in, a, in one league. Maple Grove has been in six consecutive championship games. They won four, lost two in... They are loaded again, and particularly this Nick Fabrizio, who lit it up in the championship game with three touchdowns. His size for Class D is outstanding. Both sides of the ball, running back and linebacker. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the player of the year and one of the players of the year in Class D in the state. And Kurt Fisher's got a record of 210 wins in 24 years. Come on, Kurt, pick it off. So... (laughs) They know what to do in the key game in his career is done, and they still retain him as a coach. I know, go figure. The key, I think, with 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 Kurt is that he's won yeah two state championships and he could have won a third last year. Just missed it in the last play of the game. But when you look at what Kurt has done against Bennett in that championship game two years ago, with a with a class, in the Class C. Was the game that was just unbelievable, and a lot of the decisions that he made throughout the game just were right on. And one sure. of the reasons why Maple Grove was able to upset great, Bennett. great, great coach. Well,
1: if Kurt looks over his looks uh, over his and shoulder, then, he's just going to see his son.
2: Yeah, his son's called. And then uh, the the other team that I think that is re- really solid is Franklinville, Ellicottville, and Chad Bartasak has a. Fifteen and five record varsity. Chad is a great the guy. Years.
3: You, they don't know, understand how lucky they are to have him as yep, a coach.
2: Fourteen and two, and uh, Brock Blacka, who's a tremendous athlete, three sports star, he, on both sides of the ball, a quarterback, a linebacker, other key players: Griffin, Judy, Sam Erickson, Austin Grinnells. And then uh, they play Ed Maple Grove in week three, which should decide at least the regular season title. And Randolph uh, had a, had a down year last year, but they look like they could rebound. And they've got some key players, and Andrew Bernard and and Devon Foster, uh, Fruisberg, Trent Gray, the son of Terry Gray, the head coach. He's back for his fourth year as starting the quarterback. He's thrown for over three thousand yards and wow. twenty-five touchdowns. So he'll be the Bears will be a force. And climbers Sherman and Panama excuse me, otherwise known as CSP. They've got a key lineman in Tom Delahoy. Salamanca's struggled. They've gone from C-South now to Class D. Ira John will be the key player. Portville was winless last year, even though I think uh, the coach has 120 wins. The last couple of years have been tough. And uh, they've got a young team, but DJ Hanick and... Interestingly, uh, Portville had 40 kids on their team last year for Class D, which is exceptional. And Cattaraugus lost Little Valley, Andrew Mennoquine, but uh, I think Cattaraugus won two games last year. But overall, in the Monsignor Martin and then Kenichi's with Maple, Maple Grove and Franklin Ellickville, I think they're the two powers in Class D.
4: Thing is on Class D though, we have nine teams, only one team. They play the whole schedule to eliminate one team for the playoffs. Uh uh just to allude to what uh Dick said about uh Brock Bleka. The young man is a stud. Last year, unfortunately, it was uh, a <clears throat> numbers year as far as uh Kelly uh Conley Cup finalists where you could have had probably fifteen, sixteen. In other years, Brock Bleka if he would have done that, might have been a finalist for the Connolly Cup as a junior. The guy can play the game. He is very good. So, uh, And I guess this year we're not allowed to call them Evil Frank. They no, don't like no, that. no. We, no have, more, we have to show respect. No more Evil Frank no. for Ellicottville, Franklinville.
3: Franklinville gets top billing in this one. But uh, <laughs> you know, good luck, uh, Chad. Uh, let's go into Class C. Okay.
2: Class C North, Cleveland Hill. They've won seven sectional championships last year. they totally dominated Southwestern in the regular season and in the championship game. And Glenn Graham's seven wins short of 100 for his career. And they have Aaron Whaler, who's only a junior. He's back. He gained 1,000 yards last year. Ryan Marjorowski was a tackling machine, double digits every year. Manny Alamary, outstanding running back. James Prepera. And they, the beat just goes on. They open in uh, with Maryvale. It'll be a tough matchup, and, and that'll be an excellent game. They play Southwestern in Week 3, I believe, at Cleveland Hill. And Southwestern, to me, when you're looking at the South team, stand out. So you can wind up having Cleve Hill and Southwestern back in the championship game. And other key players in the, the C North are hard to distinguish between second and fifth. JFK's got an outstanding athlete in James Bailey and the quarterback Jordan Snyder and Sean McGee. Wilson returns 10 starters on both sides of the ball, so they should be much more competitive this year than last year when they won four games. And the key players are Matt Lang, Matt Kitschko, Matty Dahl, Freely Turner, and they'll challenge for the title. Akron returns seven on offense, eight on defense. Jacob Seros... Outstanding two-way player for the Tigers. He's rushed for almost thirteen hundred yards and eleven touchdowns last year, plus getting uh, fifty-six tackles. And Robbie McQueen is an outstanding lacrosse player, and, and Brandon Orr. And in Eden North Collins will be interesting. The the, Red, the the Raiders play the first four games away, and then they play their fifth game hosting Wilson, which will be the first game Friday Night Lights in Eden. And also having a turf field. So, Marissa, the athletic director and the coaching staff, did a fantastic job. She does a fantastic job in all the sports at Eden. And Colton Stets, Zach DeCarlos, Jared Eck are just a few of the players that will be uh, competitive and competing for Eden. So, that league to me is, uh, besides Cleveland Hill being a favorite going in as far as the preseason, but you could have be very competitive as far as who's going to be in the other playoff slots.
3: All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll finish it up with Dick Gallagher and uh, taking a look at at Class C and uh, talking uh, high school football here with the guru himself. We'll be back with more Inside High School Sports after this. One last segment of inside high school sports, and then sports talk Saturday coming up eleven to two. I'm sure a lot of Buffalo Bills stuff to talk about. Raj, uh, you had some unfortunate news. Uh, we forgot to uh, mention.
4: Yeah, we just want to give condolences to uh, you know Larry Murak, Ryan Murak, and uh, Lauren Murak Zelasco on the passing of their you know wife and mom. Uh, she was a Graduate of Chicktawaga High School and probably the number one alumnus as far as support. And, and of course, Lancaster High School where Lauren and uh, Ryan went to school and all that. So I'm guessing they are. Larry's listening. And, Larry, you have our deepest sympathy. Hang in there, bud. We're thinking about you. Absolutely. Uh, We're talking Class D with uh,
3: Dick Gallagher as we preview the upcoming season. Uh, Let's continue, Mr. Gallagher.
2: Class C South. Yep. And uh, Jehu Kalkirk last year had an 8-2 record, wound up in the championship sectional game. And this year, his quarterback last year threw for 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns, Cole Snyder. He'll be a junior this year. He's back, along with their stud wide receiver, Alex Card. They'll form one of the best passing combinations, aside from Matt Myers and Justice Johnson at uh, Timon. Other key players are Brian Burns and Fazon Muir, and they returned quite a few players from last year, year's team. Silver Creek Forestville's John Helmer does an excellent job. He's won 63 games in 11 years, moved up the Class C South from D last year. Key players, Austin Eggleston and McAdam, Waltz. Allegheny Limestone disappointed last year with three wins. They returned seven on offense, eight on defense. Their key players, Jake Giardini, Jake Liepert, and Pat Walsh, they should be competitive. Gowanda only had 20 kids last year, but they wound up with a 6-3 and record. They had outstanding players, and this year they could struggle a little, but they've got some good kids coming back with Robbie Clutter, Caleb Maloney, Adam Sisty. And then Casadega Valley, uh Falconer, Robbie Penhallow, Connor Captree, and Daniel Torres. But I think going into the season that uh it's Southwestern's should be the dominant team in that league and should you know, advance in the playoffs to the point of being able to get the sectional championship.
4: We should mention when we mentioned Gwanda, is also uh partnered up with Pine Valley. Uh as well as Silver Creek is partnered up with uh, Forestville. Right. the uh, Class C is similar to uh, some of the other classes we mentioned uh, where they uh, play a t- entire schedule to eliminate only one team. There's only five teams in each of the uh, respective North and South divisions in there, and four of the five do qualify for the playoffs.
2: I think the the, the other point I'd like to make to, to, to this morning is just that There's 12, 12, I believe, 12 changes in the head coaching positions from last year. And if you take a look at the old dinosaurs that were around for 20, 30, 35 years coaching, not just in football, many other sports, that's changed dramatically. And 70% of the coaches, head coaches in the 71 teams, now Nichols, 72 teams this year, will have less than five years Five years or less of head coaching experience, and that just shows shows a dramatic change. And the majority of the people that I talk to and the coaches who decide to leave early related to two things. One of the parents. The oh, I was just going to say that. Some of the kids are acting out and not, you know, being held accountable. And then the third piece is 25 years ago, 30 years ago, the woman was at home, the dad COACHED, DID A LOT OF OTHER THINGS. TODAY THERE'S SHARING PARTNERSHIP AS FAR AS HUSBAND AND WIFE, RESPONSIBILITIES, AND TO BE ABLE TO HAVE YOUR DAY JOB, AND THEN ALSO BE A FATHER, AND ALSO DO all EVERYTHING ELSE THAT YOU'RE SUPPOSED TO, WITH COACHING AND OTHER, and PARTICULARLY IF YOU'RE A HEAD COACH, IT'S JUST SOME OF THE PEOPLE ARE JUST LEAVING EARLY. AND THAT, TO ME, HURTS THE SPORTS, REGARDLESS OF WHETHER IT'S BOYS OR GIRLS. Because the old school coaches are some of the best and produce some of the best players throughout Western New York, particularly both boys and girls.
3: Well, you look at the experience that you're leaving behind. You can't replace experience.
2: You can't, for the coaches, you can't uh, replace experience. And for the players, you can't uh, replace repetitions. And today, in some cases, it's like, well, you can't practice too hard or do some things mainly because it's, you know, the next thing you know, you could have a lawyer going in or complaining to the school board that my son or daughter is being treated very harshly. And what's happened in some of these instances is the head coaches all of a sudden, because of the lack of, to me, guts on the part of the school board, change coaches make decisions that are not in the best interest yeah they in get school. a little bit of heat from the, the, the parents players. and they fold and they fold, and the next thing you know there's a
3: story i don't know if you guys saw this uh i'm not sure what state it is but there's a player that is suing the head coach for benching him calling it bullying he bullied me by benching him if that's what we come to Uh, I I can see a lot more coaches stepping down and saying it's not worth it. And I
2: think one of the things that people should realize is if you're not playing the way that you should or that you're capable of playing, you're going to wind up on the bench and you're going to wind up with a nickname, Your Honor. And you deserve to be there, mainly because you're not playing up to your potential, which is the coach trying to get you to to what you can do, not what you think you can do. And you look at the history of head coaches – in every sport, everywhere, it's those cultures that were old school that were able to take the kids and push them to the point of exceeding their own expectations and winding up with scholarships and all the wonderful recognition that they received.
3: Great stuff, Dick, as always. Next week, we'll preview uh, Class B, uh, Class A, and Class AA. So still a lot more to come. Stay tuned next week. Thank you much, Dick, and we'll see you then. Thank you. Roger and Frank, thank you. Joe, thank you for producing. We'll talk to you guys next week. This episode is brought
0: to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.